Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy Podcast. I am Michael, and this is GM Masterclass, Return to Rokugan with GM Jim McClure, Episode 2, which is Part 2 of the original Episode 1 that aired on the One Shot Podcast with GM Jim McClure. That sounds so nice. I know, I don't that. it? Yeah. Well, I'll change that to something not <laughs> mean later with the traitor, Jim McClure. Uh, so what we are doing is we are going to go episode by episode through the original L5R game that was uh, featured on the One Shot Podcast Network, as well as the five episodes that were on the RPG Academy Network. And through each episode, we're going to break it down, almost think of it like a director's commentary from the GM standpoint of why things happened the way they did, maybe when they didn't happen the way they were supposed to and why, uh, how we adjusted to it, and how the choices that the characters made influenced if they did, the outcome of the story. So we are going to pick up here with the second half of episode one from the One Shot Podcast Network. If I recall correctly, we had just finished up with Sadane, the uh, Japanese, or I should say Rokugan, Rokugan, Rokugan uh, polite insult contest that uh, James, as well as an NPC from the Spider Clan, or was it the Crab Clan? Okay, it was a Crab Clan samurai along with James's Miramoto engaged in Sadane, which James... Air quotes, one. <laughs> and if we went, he would probably win, too. James is, James is good. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, I never thought about that. I wonder if Sedane is a real game somewhere. If it, I mean, obviously, a lot of L5R is based off of stuff, but I don't know if that actually comes from somewhere or not. It's one of those things where it I could see it being a real thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem fantastical as much as, you know, like I could see a polite society like, right. you know, supposedly the samurai culture was could, could do something like that. Well, do some research. Maybe we'll know later. Exactly. And I just wanted to say real quick, of course, your, your podcasting setup here, Michael, is amazing for an amateur setup. I mean, it is just <laughs> level. <laughs> well, you know, I appreciate someone of your stature <laughs> recognizing that. Not everyone can be nominated from the Ennies, okay? Yeah, it really, you know, for someone, with a, a layman such as yourself, <laughs> that means a lot. All right. Uh, I, I, after you, you sit back down, you actually get a couple couple pats on the shoulder from the Crab Clan, uh, which is to a degree off-putting because mm-hmm. physical contact is greeting, is uh, not, not something that's common in, in your area. Jim McClure's favorite world. Contact. Um, after a couple of greetings, you you actually see some of the dark dressed uh, samurai get up and are m- making their way over towards you. Even still feeling the buzz of the sake that I must have been ingesting during this time, I take a breath and sort of uh, compose myself to meet them with a serious gaze to let them know that I am taking them very seriously. Hida would also shoot uh, a bit of a cautionary glance to both um, Miramoto and Hiruma, conveying through the glance that the three of us are together, and if something were to happen, he would stand in the way. I I nod appreciation at that. I pass um, he does some coin that I lost in the bed, and I kind of <laughs> nod appreciatively at Miramoto. Uh, that is not a, a wager I will make mistakenly make next time. I should hope so. So with, with that, the the uh, it's actually just one of the 
spider samurai. He he makes his way to the table. He he gives a slight bow. He, he's clearly an older man. Um, I I bow lower than him to let him know that I appreciate his uh, position. And he he looks over at uh, at Hida and Haruma. Are you with this dragon? We are at this table together. Yes. Are you with this dragon? We have all been appointed to help resolve this issue. Good. Daigotsu Jin is going to appreciate your sense of humor, Morimoto. And if you have been brought in, not as reserves, but as attaches, he will appreciate your company. And with that, he just bows, walks out. Are you certain you wouldn't like to stay and speak more? He just keeps walking. Your position is very clear. His again, name I, has been spoken. Well, <laughs> but, uh, so, <clears throat> again, I'm here to add color commentary, nothing of substance. One of my favorite things I used to point out all the time of these old CW shows in Smallville was the absolute worst for it, mm. is when someone would go well out of their way to go into a place, say a bit of dialogue, and then leave. And just leave. And yep. then leave. Like, that never happens in real life. No, of course no. not. But like in Smallville, they would have like a character who, who would literally drive from like what is supposedly the city to like, you know, the Kent farmhouse is like a three hour drive, say two words. <laughs> and then it's like, don't you have cell phones? Okay. So anyway, so we have this, this character's nameless spider. Like nameless never, spider. He comes in, he gives dialogue and you do not let him engage. So Absolutely not. His point was just to deliver that message. Damn right. It was. So, Okay. Yeah. So, I, and that's, I mean, that's actually a really good point of, and we, we talked about this a little bit before of it's, I'm trying to get across concepts and that's the only thing I care about at this point. The characters that I want you to be in love with and engaged with, um, in love with in a narrative sense, um, and engaged with, uh, most of them haven't shown up on the scene here. I shouldn't say that. We, we, we've had Yusuke has shown up on the scene, the, uh, the, the daimyo of the crab. Um, you know, but our spider representative, I want you all focusing all of your spider representative energies against or towards Daigotsu Jin. We have now referenced his name. He will be coming up soon. I'm I'm very big on I don't want you all necessarily having to engage with all characters. I, I'm telling this focus story, and I want this focus story, again, to be between making a choice between Daigotsu Jin and uh, the, the Crab Daimyo. And I need to actually check to make sure it is Yasuki. I <laughs> keep questioning. It is Yasuki, I'm, right? That I'm, sounds I'm, familiar. That sounds familiar. That's what I'm what I'm funneling everything to. So what we're giving is little bits and pieces of information, and, and this whole whole scene in this uh, Saki house has kind of been to establish the concept, uh, you know, uh, very directly of the Spider Clan are pro dragon, and there has been a lot of implication that the dragon have been favorable to the Spider Clan in the past, and the Crab Clan are obviously pro crab clan uh th their own hometown boys and there is this split of expectations in this area between them and that is a very very important thing because it gives that little bit of tension where it's going oh Everyone is looking at the players to make a decision. All the NPCs in the worlds are like, oh, yeah, you guys are here to solve it, and you're going to solve it for your friends, right? Wink, wink, wink. And now all of the pressure and expectations is being put directly on the players, which are things that are adding weight to choice. Um, and that's what we're trying to really establish here, together with getting a bit of, of dichotomy of, you know, okay, so the spiders are the dark-dressed, mysterious people. I'm trying to establish all of the evil tropes. We'll see this 
this more with Daigutsu Jin, specifically for me to use that against you later in a scene, which I'll be really excited for. So that kind of harkens back to what I was saying, I believe, last time about how I run my games, think of them like an action TV show. Mm -hmm. When you meet a a named NPC, they're usually surrounded with like thug number one or guard number two. And that's what this person is. He's not a named NPC. We're not supposed to interact with him beyond his point. And his point was to start that buildup of tension potentially between the characters and, and the players because, as you said, the crab are on our side, not really on Miramoto's. The spiders are on Miramoto's, not really on ours. So we have this, again, almost like a dual stacking plot in some right? way. I know. Great name for it. <laughs> I can workshop it a little bit. All right. Moving on. I know where my Wakazashi ended up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we cut it right before a great joke. It's awful. Oh, I'm so disrespectful. Some, uh, Terrible disrespect. Now, now, insults of that caliber are not appreciated as I slide you some more sake. <laughs> Miramoto, our young friend here has a unique understanding of our spider brothers. And uh, as we move forward with our venture, though young, he may have insight to share with both of us. I would hope so. This is a delicate issue, and from what I have seen thus far, I believe the crab may have more legitimate claim to these lands than the spiders. However, I do not see it that way. Interesting. Is he trying to be like, I was on the spider side? Lip service. So no, and 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 maybe that wasn't maybe that wasn't what you're doing, but I want to tie this into a point that I made earlier uh, at the end of the last episode of the the sort of review series of I told you where me as a GM what my mind state was in right now, which is what am I working towards? And I'm working towards a duel where Marimoto is the representative of the Spider Clan, yeah. and you are the representative of the Crab Clan. You have just told me that's a complete reverse of mental states compared to what I was going for. Okay. So what happens at this point is immediately my GM brain clicks into gear and goes, okay, we have engagement for the duel that I want, but just on opposite sides. Now I need to start working and playing into that. Now I need to start going, okay, Murimoto is pro-crab. It sounds like Haruma is pro-Spider-Clan. All right, I need to start working those angles. And this is the exact moment where it clicked in my head. And I go, okay, I need to reinforce the re- the connection that Michael, your character, has with the Spider Clan. This is the moment. Spoiler alert: that your sister came alive. <laughs> she did not. She was not alive before this exact moment. Literally, that sentence goes, oh. This is the story, and this is a key point that I want to point out when we're talking about doing linear plot. When I talk about doing linear plot, I am going towards a goal, but that goal is ever-changing based on the story that's being told, what the players are doing, and what they're engaging with. So at that moment, in one sentence, my duel just flips sides, and now I'm trying to establish concepts moving forward that are going to work for this new duel that I have in mind. So linear plot, I think, when it becomes railroading is when it would be, okay, this game is going to end, 
when Mirimoto is dueling for the Spider Clan and Haruma is dueling for the Crab Clan, and that will be the end. If I always try and force that, that's when I think it's railroading. Linear plot to me is we are going for a direction, but the players are actively influencing what it is, and I as a GM am trying to curate the best possible experience that will come from that, and that endpoint is always a moving target. So I know I touched on this earlier in what would be episode one, that I didn't feel like I did a very good job of playing what my character should do. And again, I feel like that in a lot of ways was sort of lip service because like in my head, I knew on my character sheet and haven't talked to you that I was conflicted. I'm from the crab and I grew up with a spider. I, I didn't want to be so obviously cut and dry that I was for the crab. So I was like, well, here's a good opportunity for me to throw a little you know, mud in the water. And then I think, and we're going to hear this soon when we meet Daigatsu, that he was so clearly evil, <laughs> just so clearly bad, that Michael was like, I can't align with that guy. And that's when it, it switched again, where I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe it could be the, uh, no, no. Um, and I think, again, that was me playing Michael, not me necessarily playing my character, because my character should have already been very familiar with these. I should have already been aware of all this stuff. I should have already been accepting to a point, knowing that, yes, these habits and these preferences are unusual, but they should be unusual to me. But I still didn't treat them that way. So, again, I'm still, I'm still iffy about how I handled the situation. The way, the way the game played, I can't say that anyone played it poorly or incorrectly, right? right yeah. if, if, if you were having fun while the events were occurring... <laughs> you shut up! <laughs> that is mine! You may not have it! <laughs> oh... Yeah, we got way too loud there. All right. <laughs> Clip in the audio. The impression that I received from the spiders is that they are very firm. That unwavering firmness could cause undue stress. Should we decide in favor of spiders, the crab would most likely be upset as we would be taking something they see that they have possessed for a long time. Should we rule in favor of the crab, the spiders have more attachment to this land for less reason. It's interesting that they should be thought. so firmly attached. Right. Obviously, I would like to see none of my home taken from me, and I can appreciate that, but this is newly gained and done so with interesting methodology. I believe that is where our investigation should lie. If we can figure out what caused the change in course and river and perhaps change it back, we'll have solved the problem. Um, so, yeah, that's just a really nice feedback moment. Um, and I think actually a really good thing, if you're as a, a note from the player side, you know, as a GM, when I see James D'Amato, he's in character, which is great. Uh, and he's essentially he's reaffirming in his own mind what currently is happening. But it gives me the mental state to understand where the players are in this exact moment. So as the, I almost think that's a great player advice moment of doing that helps your GM craft a story. It helps them tell the story because it goes, here are the things that I am thinking about as a player and as a character right now. And the other thing that we're really starting to see, uh, which is a big concept, we'll, we'll, we'll see it play out later as well, of uh, I am really big on I want to get the player and the character in the exact same mindset. I want both player and character to have the same question of, okay, who has an interest? I mean, James just asked it. Why are the spider so interested in having this land? And in my mind, I'm a giddy GM because I'm going, yes, that's the question I want James D'Amato and Murray Moto, as well as the other people at the table, all asking. Um, so it's a great little little feedback moment there.
So going back to the thing with the player, uh, and I mentioned this last time, that, that I do it almost as, as a joke, but I like to restate the GM's direction from a character point of view. Yeah. One, I think it's fun. It, it can be funny, but like you said, it, it brings that into the game. It's no longer in someone's mind. It's no longer no longer assumed. It is, hey, did you guys just see that? That might be the guy we're after. That is now in the narrative. Everyone knows that yep. so that we can all act on it. And there's no, again, metagame. And not that I'm opposed to that, but it does get some you know bad riffs sometimes. But that's kind of the same thing is that if we're thinking, you know, maybe we shouldn't be trusting the spider, but we never say that. That's then it's not in the game. Yep, it's not in the game until somebody says it. Absolutely. And if you know, I I kind of take that on myself a lot of times. I'll be the one that does that, just for because again, I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> but in that case, it wasn't funny. It was, you know, necessary. I think or or helpful to the story that we were trying to tell, and hurt no one. I would also be interested in your thoughts on the reasoning for the close attachment and defense of this lands on behalf of the spider clans. So they're position for so many years became one of necessity and they had to adapt to survive and if the rules were written that the river was the division then the river changing means nothing i didn't have anything to say on that i was gonna let let it play out to the end of that so no i wanted to i wanted to jump in there anyways because that's michael making shit up because i i was trying to add to the narrative and trying to explain why i thought that was but there, there was nothing that i read that said that but i was just trying to make stuff up so was that off base? Was that good? Was it bad? Did you even cared? Now, which part specifically you're referring to? So James was asking, like, why the spider would be so, like, why they would be so concerned about about the the change? Like, why did they uh, think that would give them that that land? And I was basically talking out my butt that uh, that you know because of the where they were for so long, they just accept things as fact because they don't have time for like philosophical versions is like well the river's the the you know the barrier river change there we go we're done yep so they would they wouldn't put any extra thought into that but there was nothing that i read that i remember <laughs> that told me that which is which is the the great moment of and it's we talked about this at the beginning too of always 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 even in heavy setting allow the players to influence it like there's no reason not to so like that i mean there's nothing official and canon to back it up or in the story i had to back it up but it's a yeah absolutely Absolutely, yes. That is exactly right. what they believe, and they are staunch believers of that. So if I had come up with something that just would not have worked, what would you have done? Uh, it, it depends entirely on the nature of it, um, because if, if you end up with something that's going to be, again, the, the end of the day, I'm looking to to tell an interesting story and have an interesting experience for everyone at the table. So to me, it's only a problem if it directly conflicts with what I was doing there. Um, so all of a sudden, if, if you came with like a, uh, and, and not many players do this, but if you came with, I'd probably say a more, a very specific thing. Like if you came with a, you know, okay, well, the reason that they want it to be exactly like this is because, you know, uh, their great clan champion's retirement home is there and he likes his backyard there. You know, then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa we can't just drop a clan champion like in the middle of this, you know, like let's workshop that thought a little yeah. bit here for a second, you know, uh, he would be in a different area, um, you know, and we could work with it like that. Anything that to me is a little bit vague 
vague again we, we said this vagueness is is the friend of the GM you know a we and I love we believe statements you know we believe this we hold this to be true those almost always can be worked in one way or another uh, because ultimately even if you want something specific of you know whatever the, the the river holds holds sacred meaning for him or something like that that then plays in well because I know where I'm going with what's going on in the river as long as it's close as long as it works I can always change from the spider building a shrine in the river to something that just means the same thing so I'm always looking for what we can do as a buy-in and to me the only time I sort of do a hard okay we need to think about this is if it's something that's going to dramatically change you know sort of the direction that we're going as long as it's closed you can reskin anything you want to make it work and I think that's a important tool when doing things like this is don't be rigid to it has to be a temple that's being built in the dry riverbed, which we haven't got to yet, but we're about to. You you do not have to hold that 100%. That can be fluid. It can be any reason. The big thing to understand when you're doing a structured plot like this is thinking, what is the reason for what I'm doing? And as long as the reason stays consistent, everything else can be, be fluid and change and work with what the players are engaging with. So that's sort of the exact opposite of the Ooh. point we just made. Oh, you that, think so? That until you say it, it's not true. So until you said, I'm building the uh, temple to Shahai, it could have been anything. Could have been anything. But once you say that, you're kind of locked in, unless you want to add a lot of depth, and maybe that was a manipulation and a lie. Right. But that's, again, that's like you know the last resort. Like, ah, oh, it's really screwed <laughs> up. we got to fix this. Okay, he was lying. But again, we knew that the river was important, or you knew the river was going to be important. Exactly. But until we say why... That reason can change. And and in just a minute, we're going to get into why. But the point I, I want to, to follow up with that, and, and to me the important part, is what matters to me, and, and I hope this is coming across through this series as, as, as one of my big points of advice uh, you know, from GMing this kind of story, is what matters is the message that you're getting across with what you're doing. What is telling that message matters far, far less. So in the Saki house that we just had, the message that I'm trying to tell is that the Spider Clan is pro-Dragon and the Crab Clan is pro-Crab. That is all I'm trying to get across. Whether I do that with a game of Sedane, whether I do it with the, the dark, shadowy samurai that stops by the table real quick, or whether I do that with something completely different... That doesn't matter. What matters is I get that message across. And to me, that is, that's the important thing. And once we get to the river, we'll explain exactly why that is what it is. Um, but to me, the, the what's can be very fluid. The why's are what's super important. The, the river could change another mile, and that is their land by their reasoning. I see. That is unfortunate. The times have changed, and though we appreciate the hard effort of the Spider Clan, and we have recognized that welcoming them into our society, our society does have written laws. This could be difficult to navigate. I believe our decision will be aided by investigating the reasons behind not only the change, but also the motivation for such a strong Caleb is the moral and emotional backbone a hold on this land indeed i want i i believe knowing why the spider wants to retain hold is important yes that is paramount i see that as if they 
give up something they see as their own, where does that stop? And soon they'll be pushed back outside the wall and back outside the empire. Ah, but they have been given something they have never possessed before. And that is as the crabs see it. And if one cannot see with the crab's eye, one cannot speak to the crab's mouth. He looks confused and takes some sake. <laughs> the dragon is said to possess aspects of nearly all creatures. We have the jaws of a lion and the eyes of a shrimp and the talons of a crane. The shrimp and the crab see in a very similar way. It is important to put yourself in the perspective of the person you are going to speak to if you wish to see eye to eye. Oh, I do not disagree. I just believe that you should do the same for the spider as well. I, I indeed do. I am deeply You're in the spider's pocket at this point. Especially being so new to the Empire, the crab are going to see themselves as superiors, and they must see you as equals. This is going to be quite troublesome for us both. And with that, the rest of the evening goes in a, a sake-fueled uh, environment um, th throughout the night. Uh, it doesn't take long for, as, as the rowdier um, crab samurai uh, sort of start filing in after the end of their, their day's watch, the spider are quick to vacate the rest of the premises. Um, you all remain for some period of time drinking, and then it is time for evening and night falls. Next morning, we arise up. You all are woken. You have a standard past that is provided for you. You are told you must go to the dining areas. Mm -hmm. You all are provided food in your barracks. And you all are brought back together, presumably to start the investigation. I hope your night was restful. It was. As is ours, ready to investigate with clear minds. Indeed. So, you are told uh, that Daigotsu Jin and the spider encampment is now on, obviously, the other side of the river. The bridge that did gap it was washed out in the recent changes, um, but a new bridge has been constructed, which will get you over it, but it's a little bit hairy. This riverbed, just looking at it, uh, does it look deep? Like... The are, are you asking for for, you, for the old the, river? You yeah. haven't been able to see the old riverbed okay. yet. It is on the opposite side, and you haven't seen it yet. Gotcha. But as we're we're going right there, I assume as you all go to speak with Daigotsu Jin, or was there something else you all wanted to do before you go and spoke with him? I don't think so. As long as we have all of our necessary travel supplies and equipment, uh, I would be fine with heading out immediately. GMs don't be as heavy-handed as I just was in saying, oh, you're going to go speak to Daigotsu Jin. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. Don't do that. I, I was going to bring that up because you're like, you're going to go speak to Daigotsu Jin. Unless you don't. <laughs> I mean, but you do, right? Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> don't do that. Well, we run a time frame. Or does it look like a river in its natural state in a new place? Uh, it, 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 to a degree, both. Uh, it looks definitely like flooded lands because, again, you still see debris. You still see, um, you know, buildings that are clearly now underwater. Um, but the river is now flowing down a clear path. This is just clearly its new path. And so it has not carved it down into the ground yet, but it seems to be this is where the river is flowing now. Um, you know, it just hasn't had enough time to work on the land to make it established. Sure. Now, there was a reference made to the maps that are used to the border. Would we be able to see those maps? Uh, no. The um, Imperial cartographers, yes, um, travel the Empire on a pretty regular circuit and map out borders, map out things, and there's actually a long history culture to it because the original ones that were done by the first Hentai dynasty um, 
very incorrectly established how big it was, but because it was done specifically by the Emperor, they cannot directly change it. So they have this whole thing of it takes a lot longer to get from one side to the other than the official maps say. So politely, you have to say, I stopped at all of the shrines and prayed because you can't say that the maps were incorrect. Because we're samurai and culture means everything to us. <laughs> now, they do send their cartographers around to map out new areas, to redraw maps and all that, but all of that is kept at the capital. And is, is not something that is This exposition brought to you by Jim McClure. <laughs> or with the local daimyo gym, but yes. So my, my thought there, and I may be outside of left field here, is that we're looking at this issue here, but like, where is the river now flowing long term that it didn't used to? Maybe the true objective of whatever happened isn't here. This is a side effect. And now the water five miles down the road is doing something that we need to investigate as well. I, I would agree with that assessment. So, no? <laughs> the so answer, up, Michael. The answer was no, but immediately, again, the, the GM brain kick clicks in, and you need to think of, okay, this is where my, my player's mindset is at right now. He's thinking about going five miles down the river where there's nothing happening. <laughs> um, so this this does, does a couple things. Um, this puts, uh, and you're going to see, I, I essentially immediately course correct that uh, in the very, I'm pretty sure it's the very next thing. I think this happened happens before we see Daigot, so maybe it happens directly after, but I immediately went, okay, he is interested in going five miles off course uh, because it's Michael, and I was too, too like, I, I, if I knew you now, I'd be like, Michael, no, it's, no, just, like James, edit, Michael, stay on course. But, no, no um, it, it, it becomes, okay, if, if you are trying to herd cats and your players want to scatter all over the place, how do you herd them in a very gentle way? And it is one of my big concepts, which is players will always always interact with the most interesting thing in their environment. So if they're interested in going five miles in the wrong direction, give them something very interesting to interact with where you want them to be. Uh, and that's where a, a change quickly occurred with what you all are going to find in the dry riverbed. And again, we'll, we'll talk about that. I think either we find it now or it's after the Daigotsu conversation. Okay. I believe that this river has changed course in an unnatural manner may have changed the course of this whole area. I believe it indeed will do that if we are not careful. Um, with, with that, did, did you all want to make your way across the river to go to Jin? Yeah. Or? As, as, do, we, do we want to talk to Jin first or investigate the river first? I feel like we've got an appointment with Jin, right? Yeah, I, I think it would be respectful to speak to him first yeah. and then carry on our investigation from that point. Okay, so with that, and, and you've been told where his stays, where the, the spider encampment is on the other side of the river, um, you go, and again, there's a hastily constructed bridge that literally, it, it's sort of planks of wood that sit across some, some rooftops at this point. And it it's quite shaky and not well-traveled. Anyone who wanted to go across this thing really wanted to go across. So Michael's GM brain, mm -hmm. there should have been a fight on those planks. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes, and, and obviously there wasn't. Uh, there wasn't a roll to get across. There wasn't anything. Um, it was a, to me, the, the river is the separation between worlds. It, it's now you're in spider territory. Now you're going back to crab territory. And that separation and having a little bit of a different feel with both situations is really what I was going for. Uh, that and the fight on the river is coming up shortly. And we'll explain why there wasn't a fight on the river, actually. 
this thing. Um, but it's not an immediate danger, and of course, you, you cross to the other side without issue. Um, after a few minutes of traveling, um, you travel a certain amount of distance, and you come across the old riverbed that was there, which is, I mean, quite deep. It, it, it's shallow to a degree, but it probably goes down 15 feet, um, where it had significant water that clearly this ran here for a long, long period of time. You, you see some of the rocks where they have been eroded at the bottom from, from centuries of water running through it as you go through. Go ahead and give me an investigation roll. Oh, we have a mechanic. We do. Looking. The room is looking at the trees. <laughs> like the good scout that he is. Right. 14. 13. 14, 13. Okay. Um, the other notable thing, which from this distance you can't make much out of it, is in the old riverbed, there is clearly some kind of construction going on. Wood pylons have been brought out. Um, there are stones that have clearly been cut for some kind of architecture. A building is going to go up, although at this point it's mostly raw materials. I would not recommend that. Now, from where we are at this point mm-hmm. geographically, mm-hmm. where is the divergent point? Where did the... Mm-hmm. The, Where did it change? How it, far up is river? Is it miles away? Is it a couple hundred yards the, away? And actually, Haruma is the only one who is directly aware of this because, again, he went to school in this area. When it was described to him, he was he was quite aware of exactly the point. Um, it is a couple miles into the forest. This territory is actually at the very edge of the forest where you can see these really super tall trees. But especially as crab, you know, most people don't like to go in there because for centuries it's been said that these are haunted. Um, but you know from being in the area and you've been through these trees you know the exact divergent point they're talking about and it's probably and i keep trying to avoid to use the term miles because miles don't mean anything here but uh, approximately three four distance units into miles the, the, don't the mean anything in that world again I'll, I'll jump in as michael it's totally cool to use <laughs> modern terminology because it's a shortcut and everyone understands what you're saying unless we were all very competent in the lore and we would if you could have said you know whatever the the term is there and we knew what it meant it's totally okay just to say miles and minutes and hours and stuff and actually as, as just an, an l5r note i'm i'm unaware of that i don't think they have any established distance units it's actually what I, my brain was trying to come up with in that moment i was like do they have a cubits like what do they got <laughs> i don't know what they've got um but uh, I, I do like it, it. It's a gym thing. I always like to be vague with distance, even when miles would be appropriate. I always hate giving it. I mean, you're absolutely right. It, it's use the shorthand that everyone understands. Use that knowledge because there's if there's no need to be vague, don't be vague. Um, you know, just get through it. Get it simple. When I said it was a couple miles up the river, everyone went, OK, yeah, I get it. it's about an hour's walk, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, so that's that's perfectly fine. Um, if we want to talk about about this scene, because a couple things just happened really at once with this scene from a narrative structure standpoint. One, as I said, I needed to to rein in this crazy person of Michael that was going to, to take <laughs> take the party five miles yeah, off course. If only you knew. Right. Yeah. So I didn't go, you know, oh, there's a giant army five miles south fighting a war. You're not allowed to go down there. It was a, oh, oh, look at this. There's something immediately interesting in the area that explains why the river changed, which is there's a construction project going on. Of course, D'Amato said that's ill-advised, which is... (laughs) great uh but what that originally that wasn't going to be there that wasn't going to be there until you made the five five mile comment at that point the thought was always that they were going to be building something there and they needed to be building something there because uh, there needed to be a reason you all just couldn't reset the river like we need to have a problem that is 
unsolvable without pain to one or both sides. If you could ultimately just go up and undam the river and let it flow again, it would be like, okay, we're reset, we're done here, that's the easy answer. So there needed to be something at stake to prevent that. So it was always going to be, they were going to be building a shrine, and you were going to get that information from your conversation that you were going to have with Daigotsu Jin coming up. But... I needed to still get that concept across, and I needed a reason for you specifically to be engaged and interested in what's going on up here and not five miles down the river. So suddenly, I'm still going to establish the exact same concepts, but I'm going to put something interesting. I'm going to put a point of interest for you to engage with so that you stay here and stay in the direction that I see the story going as opposed to going down the river. I never would have told you no, but now I know you won't because in your brain, you've checked off that box. Why did did the river change? Maybe it's something downriver. Oh, nope, it's right here. That box is now checked. There's no need and desire to go looking any further for it. And I don't know if you intended it or not, but again, listening back, I, I did not notice it or pick up on it or think of it in the, in the moment. But just a clear difference between a really crappy, crappy, hastily built bridge over the top of the waterlogged buildings versus the construction project. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> There's definitely something there between the fact that they they hardly cared at all to make a bridge so that people could get back and forth, but they clearly care a lot about what they're building. And I and, wish I was smart enough to make yeah, that because I didn't. That is pure coincidence. It, but it works great on hindsight. You right. know? And it's one of the things that if it didn't make sense, I probably would have picked up on it. But because it did kind of make sense, my brain just didn't go there. Thing in that world, but in this one, they <laughs> do a very good job of conveying meaning. Distance unit, distance unit. How long would it take for us to walk there? Um, I mean, you 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 figure it's probably a 20 30 minute walk. Okay, okay. uh, long island uh, hour walk. <laughs> old, old me figured out the same time you did. I do find it very odd that they did not take time to build a bridge worth a damn. I did actually, think you did. Something inside the riverbed, that is very concerning. You wouldn't describe your fellows as impulsive, would you? Not in this regard, no. All right. Makes me think Perhaps they we knew should it was... investigate what they are doing yes. before we come, come to it. Okay, I'm about to lay some knowledge, man. Indeed. It would be built by people of the servant class, right? The Generally speaking, that's what you you would expect the builders to be with Sam. Right, Caleb's owed a couple times of cutting you off, no, Michael. So there, there are people <laughs> <overseeing> <laughs> them, uh... So what we're looking at is in the riverbed after we cross the bridge mm -hmm. where the river used to be. You, you, you crossed the bridge. You walked about another 10 minutes before okay. you got to then the riverbed that you could see. And based on the directions you were given, you know that if you keep going straight ahead, you will get to where the spider encamped in Daigotsu Jin and sort of off to your left, north up the riverbed a little bit, you can see see again the piles of construction material but you're at a kind of a distance that you can't really tell what's going on other than they're clearly staging big things that look like they're going to build a building and did the river flow north to south yes it did so what we're looking at is in the direction of you're, you're looking what used to be upriver huh. from where you all stand so you sort of have the options of you can continue on to daigotsu jin mm -hmm. or you can go over to where you see these supplies i still think we'd go on because of the Etiquette. I, I yeah. feel it is appropriate to speak to Daigotsujin first. He will perhaps be able to enlighten us on what this construction is meant to be. Very true. Or perhaps we can get permission to investigate without him knowing exactly what he's given permission for us to do. That is also wise. 
So with that, you all move on, and you actually get into uh, the forested area. Uh, it is quite dark. I mean, they are very tall, uh, almost 100-foot-tall trees. It's actually very prized wood in the rest of, of the empire of the Shinamon Mori Forest. Um, as you travel paths that, that Haruma, you have traveled for years, and, and you, you know them like the back of your hand. Reinforcing uh, your a connection. Lot of, a lot of shadows all the way around uh, just from the high Too bad I didn't pick up on that. You get further in. Don't have to. That's why you get to be a player. Camp itself. And you see definitely, I mean, it's more, more tents than buildings. Um, tents that are made of flesh that they have, have dripped across, which is common for you, a very uncommon tradition in, in the rest of Rokugan. Clearly animal skins of some variety. Clearly. Yeah, very pointed ward no choice. Really you much of an eye. You see more spider samurai floating about, but they kind of look and then go about their business. Mm -hmm. In the center, there is one bigger tent. I just want, want to touch on that moment. I, again, just as a... From a flavor standpoint, from a GM, again, you're, you're trying to get your players into, into the right mindset and all that. And I do like some very intentional, evocative word choice, like what was used there. Of I describe the tense as flesh. Now, that immediately has a certain image in everyone's mind of like, ew, no, what? Bad. Which is exactly how the characters would see it. Because to have tents made out of animal skins and things like that is so uncommon and weird to them that it would have that exact same reaction to, you know, proper Rokugani. Um, you know, then obviously I describe that, oh, it's animal skins. And it's like, oh, okay, I get it. But it immediately is just a little bit of like, oh, that's weird. No and bad, which are all things that we count as negative traits. We're, we are building in our dual stacking plot a subtle negative trait of, okay, these people do things that are not normal, therefore they must be bad, which is a very subconscious thing that's built into in, into our monkey brains. Um, you know, of, oh, that's different, it's bad. And that is a very, very powerful thing that can be played with of, even though it's not directly them doing anything evil, you are in your mind subconsciously establishing what you expect a good person to be and what you expect a bad person to be. And we, we wonderfully play with that, as well as what I mentioned earlier of we're establishing different worlds. You know, we had sake houses and wood buildings with rice paper screens on this side of the river. We have flesh-built tents on this side of the river. We want to see that difference. Establish it with everything you can. Then the rest of them, um, and upon prodding, someone directs you that direction for, for Daigotsu Jin. As you enter into the tent, uh, the, you have to sort of move the flat from one side to the other. Sitting back there, you see there are shelves that have actually been built on the backside, and there is numerous things all over them. One that immediately catches your eye is, to your left is uh, three or four shelves that have a bunch of carved jade objects all over them, but several dozen of these type objects, different things, statues, samurai, beasts, etc., Sitting directly in front of you, kneeling, is a presumably Daigotsu Jin. As he stands there in his dark armor, uh, he has no hair whatsoever. Um, a big scar that runs from the bridge of his nose all the way back to his neck, um, down the middle. And he's staring at you, and he actually has a piece of jade in front of him that he has small tools that he's hammering on. Okay, so we're going to stop there, because this obviously needs its due. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am just going to point out that you just did something that I've talked about in some of our other shows is that when you are introducing like a new scene, a new element, 
you don't always start with the most important thing Bingo. because then everyone's going to ignore everything else. You, you actually start with the other things like the jade statuary or the, whatever. Obviously, Daigoshi Jin's right there. Yep. If we walked in the tent, that is who we are going to look at first. We might not even notice those jade things until maybe we're leaving, but for the scene, it makes more sense to start with those and then move to the man. So beyond that, when you were introducing Daigatsu, what were your goals? And I just want to really second that point because that was 100% intentional as far as the way I introduced it in the way that uh, in that method. And it's for that exact reason of in in my mind and the philosophy I have um, it comes from from Stephen King's on writing for it, which is uh, it, he's referring to an audience. In this case, it's players uh, will pay be able to pay attention and understand up to three concepts in a scene, deliver those from least interesting to most interesting. Interesting. You all know your big force on the other side that you have this meeting with is Daigotsu Jin. That's who you care about. That's everything that I have done is what you care about. But we start with, okay, he's in a tent made of flesh that you had to touch, which is uncomfortable. You get in it. There's a whole bunch of crafting work going on with Jade. And then there's Daigotsu Jin. So all of these things sort of have progressive weight to them, where if it was, bam, Daigotsu Jin, oh, and here's all the trappings that he has, uh, it's far, far less interesting. So I really wanted to, to hammer that point. Um, next off, we, we do every bit of evil iconography that we can for this man. It's, it's heavy-handed. He's in armor, in dark armor. He's in a tent made of flesh. He's he's bald. He has a scar running down his head. He's sitting there tinkering with something because it's more important than you. Like, these are all of the concepts that immediately scream, this man is evil. And that is exactly what I want you all to feel. Now, I have to know, if I'm doing this, I'm convincing you all that he's evil, which means I have to put chips on the other side of the stack. If we are going to continually make this a choice, because once you all have made up your mind that he's evil, it's over. Uh, so that is that's where we're going to sort of progress from here. I want to call that out be because I think that because it was very heavy handed that did you worry that you were making it so obvious that we would just decide, like you said, there and it's over or because I mean, it it's very clear he's evil. Pretty clear. <laughs> Pretty clear. I can't wait till you hear your conversations where you all very heavily debate whether he is or isn't. Well, some of that was us probably trying to be. I'm sure it was, but there there was some legitimate tension that comes towards the end of the investigation phase where you all aren't sure because what what has to happen is I wouldn't say I was concerned about it, but I went into it knowing what I needed to do with it, which is I'm convincing you very heavy handedly. That this man is evil through all of the trappings, not through any of his actions, because I'm going to use that against you later. Um, but through all of the trappings, you know, just because he's in a tent and has dark armor and he's bald and has a scar, you're like, he's got to be. I look at him. He's got to be evil, right? I'm, I'm looking for the sign that says evil. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, that's that's what we're playing with. What I need then 
to balance it is something equally heavy handed on the other side, which is which was what we're going to build to and get to. So those are those are the concepts that we're playing with. So I wasn't concerned that you all would make up your mind at that point, uh, because again, you all still had points of investigation to deal with. You had you hadn't seen the divergence yet, and those questions are sitting in the back of your players and your characters' minds. You're not going to make a decision until you have all the information, or you think you have all the information. Uh, I know I have that much time to to build my evidence on either side to make it a choice. Is however there Jade anything is carved. Uh, with lore theology or Shugenja that would uh, let me know something about these statues that he's carved? Uh, nope. You could do an unskilled intelligence role if you would so desire to look into it because it would be more of a, a lore craft or a lore jade. Uh, well, I've only got two. And that's that's only ten. Ten. So. They, they are nice jade statues. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. And and he doesn't sort of bow or anything. He's just staring dead at you as he's tinkering. Tink, hammer, cloth, hammer, cloth. Well, I would bow as a as appropriate. Conversation uh, about bowing. Would I know anything about these statues? Having spent time with the spider, is this completely unusual? Is it just a little the, odd? The it's unusual to you in the fact that it is spider. As crab, you are very familiar with jade because jade has resistant properties to the Shadowlands taint. Um, it's actually what you all wear when you go into the Shadowlands on your person to prevent you from getting corrupted. Um, so that that is the major significance of jade in this world. Is it is the purifying element to the Shadowlands taint. Flash forward to episode one of part two. <laughs> we'll get there most spider are corrupted even though they claim that they're not and if they are corrupted they have to be purged from the empire so more odd so much that you are finding this especially this amount of jade within a spider's tent i present a respectful bow miramoto daimyo he sets the piece of jade down the other thing that you notice is up above him is a uh, a daisho, a katana and wakazashi paired, and there is an additional wakazashi on top of it, mm. which is uncommon. Is but, there any meaning in that that I can glean? I don't know. What you you hear somebody go, and I like pull the collar of my armor out a little bit. <laughs> uh, n- normally, uh, if there's a wakazashi, comedy when there's tension, it's perfectly fine. Dead. Yeah. Right. Um, and if someone has their wakazashi, it normally means it's being taken back and presented to the family. Um, okay. Would is about the only reason someone would have an additional wakazashi. Okay. He reaches back and he pulls up a scroll and he hands it to you, Morimoto. I begin opening it, and uh, what, what? Within the scroll, as you open it and take a look, um, you see it is a letter from your daimyo mm-hmm. that says, Thank you, Morimoto, for taking this assignment for us. We would appreciate anything that you could do to assist an old friend of mine and an old family friend of mine, Daigotsu Jin. We know that you will make the best decision possible for Rokugan. I see. I roll up the scroll, and I put it in my pack. Now, what has brought you three here? We wish to resolve this issue. I believe that the Kami have resolved this issue. They moved the river. They moved the territory. The only issue is that whining Yasuki on the other side. Indeed. It was not my cartographers. I am not the Empress. They are the ones that decided where the map would be drawn, and it was drawn at the river. 
Now, I so, assume that's again, what you're here Again, for. I'm confused again, because I thought the cartographers drew the rivers at the old mapping, and that's what... in character, out of character. No, out of character, certainly. Oh, oh no, no. The, yeah. the, here's, here's the thing about samurai culture. Everything's by word. Mm-hmm. So literally, cartographers came out, drew a map, and told them the border is at the river. Oh, and okay. word right. means everything. Got it. Got yep. It. Mm-hmm. So, that's what he, he, he says to you, the... Kami are the ones that move the river. I didn't move the river. They weren't my cartographers. They were your empress's cartographers. My empress's cartographers. Good cover, Jen. Surely you appreciate the crab's position on this matter, though. I have no appreciation for the crab's position at all. God, he's an asshole. Just respect where they are coming from, even if you do not agree with their assessment. For what? possible reason would i respect and he his eyes turn over to hita and turn over to uh hiruma the decision of not the crab clearly there are crab here present that are here to make a decision but why would i respect the decision of a sniveling little child who has never been to war ah and that is a position i can definitely identify with however the decision ultimately to be made must be agreeable to all parties, or else both the crab and the spider shall suffer a weakness that cannot be abided by the empire. Both clans must be strong, if all of us are to endure. I don't know exactly what you would refer to as weakness, but I don't see combat as weakness, Morimoto. Do, uh, do you know how they build castles in the Spiderlands? Enlighten me. On the bones of young samurai. I intend to build a palace. If the crab want to stand in that way, I would be happy to have additional building materials. Okay. Say what? Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So So I'm not sure we got enough evil in there. But maybe a little too subtle there, Jim. We we, we ratcheted the intensity up to 11 on that one. Um, That was, okay, we we have a lot to unpack in this scene that is still ongoing here. Um, So... We 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 said it. We're trying to establish he's evil, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. He he he's been combative against you all. Uh, he he's pretty much told you straight up he doesn't respect. Uh, you know the the he goes. Oh, there's two sides of the argument. He goes. No, I don't respect the other side. That's nonsense. He's established himself as militant and as powerful without doing anything militant or show of strength. You know, we, and and we see this in the very end scene that I love of there's immediately expectations that have been put on of how powerful Daigotsu Jin is. Why? Because he's just really darn confident in how powerful he is. He's told you that he's he's for war. He's told you that he will build his palace with the bones of the crab if he has to. These are almost open threats but they're not threats to you the players so you have no reason to immediately draw swords and kill this man he's not threatened you in any way shape or form he's threatened the other side of our argument he's threatened the other half he's he's willing to go to open war now we know 
oh, we have to tread a little bit lightly because this guy is unhinged and is ready to... He's a powder keg, ready yes, to explode. He is a small powder part. keg ready to explode. We, we want to establish that at this point. At this point, it's solidly decided this is... This is the wrong guy. This is the wrong side. Daigotsu Jin has to be wrong because he's he's the other he's an side's asshole. Yeah, he's yeah, an he's asshole. A, so he has to be wrong. He has to be wrong because he's an asshole, right? Yep. But what did he also kind of say in that conversation? Because he said points that you couldn't refute, and that is your cartographers drew the map. Your empress is the one who decreed that we should be here. All of this happened not by me but by forces around us. And he's blamed the move of the river on the kami. We haven't talked much about that, but there's the spirits that are around. We explain that later. You know, that he's saying they move the river, your cartographers draw the map, your empress is the one who granted land. I'm just trying to defend what I've been given and what I've been told to have, and there's no refuting those points. And, and it's been talked a lot about advice of when you, when you have a villain, you want to give him an understandable position. Right. And that's exactly what that is of... Well, you know he is right. Like, he was given this land for a deal that they made. The Empress decreed it. He is having a possibly correct interpretation of the map. And at this point, he's denying, you know, that he's the one who moved the river. And that becomes, of course, the nature of the conversation of, you know, the only way we can prove that he's truly evil is if we know he moved the river. Right. Um, and that's all of what we've established at this point. We have stacked a bunch of heavy chips on this right-hand side of our, our dual stacking plot of, okay, there's our evil guy. We have to deal with him. That's exactly where I wanted to be at this point. If he was directly threatening the three of you though it would cause you to draw swords because he's not because he's getting to project his power you're getting to see and understand how powerful he is with no direct threat to you and to me that is a really good way to establish this sort of build up to a conflict with him you know we always have that how do you interact with the villain without just immediately having the fight and kill him this is how you do him you don't make him a threat to the players you make it a threat to what the players care about and are interested in resolving narratively. And that's, I think, exactly where we are at this moment. All right. I would caution you against such action. I would caution you, young samurai, and he points to the scroll on your side. Ooh. I appreciate all information that is presented to me, and I can assure you that I will execute my duties to the fullest of my abilities. And what are your duties here? My duties are to serve. <laughs> well, let's talk about duties. We have a young Haruma over here, and I know young Haruma. I know young Haruma very well. My eyes go to that walking slash. <laughs> he, he, he trails your eyes yeah. back to it. Is that something of yours? I look to my hip where it's missing and goes, I believe so. You were so eager to get out of spider territory that you forgot one of your most prized possessions? Forgot is not the word I would use. <laughs> Good what word would you use? In this situation, I don't think I should speak the truth, but, <laughs> but Samurai... Blast, I didn't play a chord here. Yeah. Um, what I'm trying to think of, basically, is that I, I imagine that there was a reason why I had to leave quickly. It wasn't that I forgot it, that I, I was forced to leave before I could right. take it. I'm just on how he would say that without just saying he was bullied, because then that would dishonor him. Yeah, you could say what you want. This guy's clearly not the most honorable yeah, he man doesn't in the really world. Care either. <laughs> It was imparted to me that I needed to leave quickly for my own safety, 
and that perhaps it would be my best interest to retrieve it later from your hands rather than from those who held it when it was time for great line. He, he, he actually looks a little bit confused at that statement. The, uh, did they tell you your family? He's clearly baiting you for an answer, but you don't know it. No, I have not spoken to my family. Wonderful. Let me present you the Wakazashi. And he takes it. He's, he hands it. Has to, to become friends and with you I somehow. Hesitantly reach for it because this seems like a trap waiting to spring. Why is it happening? Because he wants you to duel <laughs> for him narratively. No trap. Just a gift from one family to another. I trust you're not with the rest of the crab. That's why your family sent you here. Because of my unique knowledge of both Spider and Crab Clan, I was sent for my expertise. And you've traveled these lands. You know them back and forth. Very well. And you can bring a correct decision down on this matter. I can add a unique perspective to the decision-making process. What more decision-making process is there? You've spoken with me. Clearly, I'm sure you went and spoke with the, 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 the Crab idiot. Um, decision time. The mountain endures winds and rains and all manner of calamity, yet it remains. In the face of opposition, I will do my duty, as I was brought up to respect the mountain. We are here to do duty. That does not mean that we are here to oppose you or some of your more eccentric ambitions. We are here to make a just ruling. If you feel your position is just, then trust in Bushido. Trust, trust in justice. If it is yours, it will come to you. Yeah. Before Daigotsu starts going mean again. Um, <laughs> so the, the two things I wanted to point out from that. One is, like I said earlier, at this point as a GM, I've now switched. And he was he was going to be trying to convince Morimoto, uh, you know, that he should be aligned. But because of what I heard with your positions, now he's working on you. He's now hinted at, you can obviously hear in Jim's mind now, like, I know that he's marrying your sister, which, of course, will be the reveal later on. And I, I hint at it. I you, you clearly he knows something that you don't know, and that was heavily, you know, expressed to you. So I, what I wanted to jump in there is because what I thought, because it, it never comes up that I can remember in the game, but we had established that I had a brother. Yeah. And, and I thought my brother was dead. Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought was happening is he was going to tell me that my brother had died. Oh, interesting. So I was setting up for... That so I was completely taken by surprise when it went in a different direction. Awesome, <laughs> I'd like that. So so he is he is now like been soft and nice and expressed things to you. I still know you're not going to jump on his side, but what I'm doing is I'm I'm reeling it back in that he does have have interest and respect and knowledge that you all don't have. So these are reasons that we can't immediately deal with him, which is all good. Uh, the other interesting thing is, before we got to this scene, you literally asked me, you know, were we were, was I worried that you all would make a decision, like, right now? I directly goad you into it. I'm like, make a decision. <laughs> you have done your investigation. It's complete. There is no better way as a GM to get players to not do something than to have someone they see as a villain tell them to do it. Yeah. 
There is no better way. It's a, okay, I really don't want them to go in that room. You four, get in that room right now or I'm drawing swords. Not a chance you all are going to go in that room. (laughs) Zero chance. That is another tool, you know, just working on on our subconscious understanding of of villains and story and and, and what we engage with that we can play with. That's exactly why I did it. If, If the guy you see as evil is telling you to make a decision, you can only think one thing. There must be more to it, and he's trying to hide it, even though in this moment your decision would probably go to the crab, which would be bad for him. I'm playing off that subconscious level. A tool I always like to use of when someone demands you do something, the absolute reaction almost every human being is going to have is, no, wait, why, no. Yeah, screw you. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to take this gold. How dare you offer that to me? I am not going to eat your ice cream. No. No. That's absurd. Uh, I was on a uh, Facebook forum recently, and uh, a newer DM was asking for advice. And, you know, again, it's on Facebook, so it's posted so, you know, a thousand people can weigh in. And uh, the, the DM said, um, how do I get my players to leave the city? I'm, try- I'm trying to get them to leave and, you know, I've tried this, I've tried that, I've tried this, I've tried that, and they keep resisting. And I said, write the plot as if they need to stay. Yes. <laughs> and they will immediately leave. I was thinking the exact same thing. I go, if I want my players to leave a city, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put guards that are going to bar the doors, you know, pre- preventing anyone from leaving the city. I guarantee you within an hour they'll be outside yeah. the city walls. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Young samurai. Clearly, they did not spend enough time with you in your schooling, and you should know that the spider do not adhere to Bushido, we adhere to Shorido, something that you should get accustomed to. And while the mountain may endure, sometimes the kami decide to change its direction. If the kami have made a decision, they will make it evident to us that decision has been made. Until that has reached my eyes, I cannot speak on behalf of my position. Well, I trust you all make a quick decision. As you saw, we are constructing a new shrine to Shahai. And as a point of note, you all would know who Shahai very well is. She is now, of course, deceased. Um, but she was the bride of Daigotsu, the head of the scorpion, or the, I'm part head of the spider clan, um, who brokered the deal originally. And he was her wife and they see her as some form of God, um, who she kind of is now. But, um, we have started our construction on a new shrine to Shahai. So I trust that no decision that's made will influence that. If there is a reason that I need to change my plans, I trust you will come and speak with me first. Indeed, you have our word at that. It is in Good. all of our best interest for us to make a decision quickly. So with your leave, we would like to begin our investigations immediately. And Believe would... your investigations, you're already being closed, but do what you must. You know the proclivities of my clan. We are more moved by evidence than by word. And though I respect your word and your strength with, with all the honor I possess within my soul, I must also respect physical evidence. Yes, you dragon. An odd lot, that bunch. He reaches back and picks up one of the jade statues and hands it to Hida. I've presented gifts to the other two. I would be rude if I did not present one to you. And you certainly have my gratitude, given the lay of the land on which we will be entering for our continued investigation. I'm sure that there's nothing as bad as the rumors would suggest. 
In my experience, it is best to listen to the rumors. If I prepare for those and the truth is less, then I shall be fine. At first, always be armed, a wise man once said. <laughs> and with that, he gives you you all's way to exit. Uh, two things I want to point out about that. Um, and with that, God, and with he that. has to be adding those in, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, so a couple things we want to point out on that. One being. Just a, again, as a note to other GMs, especially in lore heavy settings, never, ever, ever punish players for their own lack of knowledge of a setting. Uh, I think we discuss this later, but in Rokugan, it, it's a honor hit when you're given a gift if you don't refuse it twice and they have to offer it three times to you. You all were unaware of this fact because there's so many of these little tiny stupid facts that I love because they're not stupid, yeah. but you know, there's so many of them, you know. I didn't hit uh, Caleb with an honor hit for it. You know, to do that would be improper, and it makes, I feel, people dislike playing in heavy settings. It's just go with it if it's not a big deal. If it is a big deal, explain it as it becomes relevant like we right. talked about. So that, that's one little... The benefit of playing in a lore-heavy setting is that immersion that you get. Yeah. But if it becomes a punishment when you don't know that, then you've negated the, the, the benefit. And like I said, it's like, why are we even playing here? Though I think we did, because we take a break halfway through this game yeah. and go to, go to dinner, and I think you brought that up because we we joke about it. and we yeah, do, we do. We, later we talk about refuting the gifts a couple times, so I think we kind of got that lesson off mic. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's just I wanted to, to illustrate that point with it of never, never use lore having to punish. Always use it to reward and increase immersion. Uh, the other thing is, as a GM, uh, pay very, very close attention to the amount of screen time that your players are getting. You know, at this point in the story, you know, you all came into Daigotsu Jin and Mirimoto and Daigotsu had a heated interaction. Daigotsu and Haruma had an interaction, but Hida, Caleb's character, has not been engaged with that much. So what I need to do is I need to find ways to to have my NPCs directly interact with Caleb to start bringing him more into the story. I actually think it's one of the, the failings because I wasn't as paying much attention to it because I knew it was a podcast, so ultimately this was a story for the listeners to listen to so it's not as big of a deal if the spotlight focuses you know too much on one person or another uh but there are some times where i directly tried to reach out of you know okay let's let's get make sure that that all three of the people and in this case are actively engaged and that's a way to do it of i can take an npc and just have them directly engage with and interact with one of the players that hasn't been doing anything recently because that gets them spotlight time to do it and we don't really have that in this game, at least I don't think, but there was no let's split the party Yeah, where the, you could just have someone who doesn't need to be there not be there. We're all in the scene every time. So. Right. Because that's actually where the do not split the party comes from. It's not the fact that your players are going to get killed. It's that it, it makes it harder to DM. Yep. And so your DM is more likely to kill you because they're mad. Because <laughs> essentially when you split the party, it becomes impossible to, or very, very difficult to share spotlight at that point. It's, okay, spotlight has to focus on one person in the GM for a scene or whoever split in that group, and the other people by default can engage with it. And that's what actually, exactly as right. you said, ma makes it an issue from a table standpoint. Because if you... If you stay with the characters that have split too long, then the other players are very likely to get bored. And then conversely, if you try to jump in back, back and forth too much, then neither scene gets any bit of the emotional weight that it needs, and they become irrelevant. And it's just sort of like it's a, it's a bad situation in both times. There, there are ways to do it. It's okay to do it on occasion. But I think as a player, 
I just try not to do that very often. Or I'll split the party and be okay with like, hey, I'm going to go shopping. I'm cool. 15 minutes later, I'll be back with all the stuff I bought. The, you know, like, I don't have to go shopping on, on camera or on mic. We should we should do a GM advice about splitting the party one time because I actually have oh, – this is totally inappropriate for this this show. But um, I've gotten, I actually think, pretty decent about running those because for whatever reason, satanic panic, everyone always splits up immediately. <laughs> so I've actually got some good techniques for working with that. So if that's something – that there would be a good 30, 45 minutes could be all talked right, about. We, we'll put that on the docket. Had your your encounter with Daigotsu Jin. Now, where would you like to head? Yeah, the palace thing still. I guess it's a shrine. Mm-hmm. What he's actually building now. Um, That's what he's saying. Right. Well, he says he's going to build a palace, but then he indicated that what's being built now is a shrine. Right. I found it very weird that again that they would take time to build that before they build a decent bridge. Ambition can be quite a powerful force. At times, it can change even the flow of a river. And we must consider this building site's location in relation to the borders between our two countries. I most certainly would question the wisdom of building anything sacred in the path of a river that does not seem to know which way it wishes to run. It's almost as if he thinks that will keep us from changing it back. That the insult, if we were to wash away this shrine, would, would hold our hand. Perhaps we are not the ones that he believes will change the course of anything. And I believe this man's confidence and ambition speak of knowledge that is yet to be seen by us. It seems that both sides wish for us to make a decision without a thorough investigation, which means we should investigate Mm -hmm. very thoroughly. And if this man has knowledge... I told you to make a decision. I was manipulated! You manipulated me! Son of a bitch! is along our journey towards the point of this dramatic shift in nature. Mm -hmm. I believe we can accomplish both tasks with one... This I find to be wisdom. Let us go. So, with that, you all go deeper into the forest to see where the path initially diverged. Would we actually go past the shrine as it's being built? Um, you could circle back that way and make that direction if you chose. It's a little bit out of the way, but not totally out of the way. I just want to kind of get an idea, like, are they using materials that they are getting from the land here, or did they bring materials that they are using to make the shrine? And to answer that question, you'd have to do the circle by it. Is right. that what you wish to do? I think it'd yeah. be worthwhile. Yeah. It's definitely worthwhile. It yeah. speaks to his... Whether this was a plan or just ambition that the opportunity presented itself. So, yeah. Okay. Um, as you all circle back and, and up the dry lake bed that you're going to follow up to where it diverged, um, you, of course, you, you see the building materials. Uh, you get close. Um, whoever has the, the good investigation role, go ahead and give me another roll. Because as you get close, you see <laughs> another roll. Probably an hour into this episode. Right? Uh, yes. They had mechanics. That is what we were looking at. <laughs> Out of the trees, my friend. The one thing that, or I guess the additional things you can gather, at, at this point it all seems very generic material. Again, what you saw from a distance, there are long trees that have been cut down and are formed into pillars and posts. Um, there's a lot of stonework that has been gathered that's being cut. Uh, one of the things that you find interesting is it's primarily actually the uh, spider samurai that are doing the work. You don't see any peasants. Now, you, you do know they have Let's a stop right there. Well, I wanted to jump in before you get okay. to your point that Michael's GM brain in that case, when when Michael the player asked that question, is if you wanted to really reinforce that this was some sort of plan and not just, you know, like, hey, let's deal with this now, that I would have had 
some at least some sort of material that was not native. Mm-hmm. You know, even if most of it was one that wasn't the other. I don't know if you do that later. You didn't obviously do it to begin with, so I can't remember for sure. But was there a reason why you would or would not have done that there? I, I didn't want you to have an answer for it um, because it was too early for you to know that piece of the puzzle. So I wanted it to be vague if it could have gone either direction on it. So I, I knew I wasn't going to answer that question for you um, because if it was planned pre-planned, at that point you have every bit of information you need. It's they knew it was going to move. Bam, they dropped the shrine here. So that is, that's an answer. And at this point, we want information and questions. Uh, we don't want answers yet. So I specifically avoided anything that would lean it one way or the other. Likewise, I didn't want you to think that it was a straight improv that, or uh, on their end, a, you know, okay, let's just jump on this situation. I wanted it to still be a question for you. So okay. I didn't, didn't directly answer it either way. But uh, I do a little point in here, and then I actually cover myself because it's just GMing nonsense um but i shouldn't say gming nonsense it's what we're here to learn right <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh the i mentioned that it is actually um samurai uh, not peasants yes samurai not peasants this would never happen even within the spider claim never happen okay this is jim hand waving the actual lore to do what i want and there's a reason i'm doing that. And the reason is i heard you say something in the previous scene of paraphrasing they're just gonna have to deal with it if we put the river back like oh, well, you lost your sight too bad. The stakes aren't high enough for you yet. So what I do is I dropped samurai in that riverbed that are going to get flooded and killed. There's always going to be at least a couple of them in there if you all just move the river back. And you just heard how psychotic Daigotsu Jin is (laughs) and where he's looking for a war. So now what I did that for specifically was to reinforce of, oh, if you want to do it, there are massive consequences that are going to have to be thought about. And I actually kind of thought you all were going to to undam the river somehow. Like I was I was prepared for that, and that was going to, to launch into the powder keg that happens differently uh, a little bit later on for it. But th- that's the specific reason that I did that. They have a lot fewer peasants than all of the other clans, um, but it is sort of odd to a degree to see them doing this much direct heavy labor. But that's what you can make out without directly sort of approaching the construction site. Okay. I think that's just information for the back of our heads. Right. Because what else could it have been for? more lush uh, as the plants grow in different areas. Uh, as you start to hear running water where you've seen it clearly diverge, there's a number of fallen trees you can see on, on the other side where it swept them down and out of the way. Um, you finally get up to the point where you can see, you know, the diversion happened. Um, and it is, I mean, quite clear there is a good number of rocks and stones that have been piled up directly where the path used to go. And reflecting the water off of it to change directions. So there's a dam in place. There is a dam in place. And I say, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) It does seem that he has been far more forward in action than I had hoped. This sort of rash decision can only lead to strife. And if it reaches its worst point, battle. And with that, you hear this great splash, whoosh, as water shoots up into the air. You look over to where the river, and clearly a giant rock just fell down into the river. Splush! 
coating everything down with water, and then it's silent. Is this area in hills or mountains? Uh, it, it's a forested area. So where did the rock come from? And you hear, and this time you see it sort of come arcing. It's always important to have your players again. asking Spoosh. questions. Yep. Second look at this dam. Uh, does it appear to be the result of carefully and precisely moved rocks or a haphazard pile? Haphazard pile. <sighs> but these rocks, I mean, are bigger than Muddy you in the water. that are flying through the air. They're not small little stones. So I turn my gaze to where that boulder came from. Do I see its origin? The No, it, it, it it's too far away as far as it was, was tossed. Um, but you do hear some sort of rumblings. Are there, like, stone giants in this game that I don't know about? There's a lot of weird stuff in this game you don't know about. There are creatures that could move rocks of this size. We would not wish to meet any of them, I believe. In my experience with the spirits that inhabit the elements of this world, mm -hmm. the earth spirits are not likely to fling themselves through the air. Earth and air do not get along. <laughs> I think our path oh, that's a great line, has Caleb. taken us a new direction. And we must delve further into these woods. I agree with your assessment, Hida-san. And, and with that, you hear this loud growl that comes out. Couple... My hand falls to my katana. In your experience, Hidasan, what is the best course of action at this time? I propose. <laughs> and with that, with I propose, I you, 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 you see this It almost looks like a giant, fat, naked man, uh, about 12 feet tall, striding forward. And it has lesions all over its exposed flesh, and you almost see fainting faces moving throughout its flesh. And it sees the three of you, and it sort of cocks its head sideways, almost to a 90 degree. Gives out another big... And you just see in one big leap, he jumps from where he is about 100 feet and splashes down in the water and is coming straight for the three of you. Roll I initiative. I think it's time for me to go get reinforcements, guys. <laughs> All right, Jim, so anything you oh. want to mention on that last part there? Uh, there's so much to talk about, but half of it's going to be on the other side of the combat, too. Um, so let's let's just set it up to, to where we are, okay? This is our first combat encounter. And combat encounters, like every other scene in this story, are there to help tell the narrative that we're telling. It's help establish things. We are not fighting an Oni solely because... It's been an hour, and we need to start rolling the, those combat dice now. Uh, no, we're, we're telling a story. So we, we've come to the river. We go, yep, sure enough, it's been damned. It didn't just move. We have, there is a narrative interesting thing. Something occurred recently that changed this. We can undo it if we so desire. You know, it's not like it just changed its course seemingly on its own nature. So we, we have, you know, our, our dam. You know, it, it, it's exactly what you all expected to find, and you're like, Okay, yeah, it, it's a dam. Awesome. Yeah, yep. Right. We, we, we have a problem. We have solutions we can do. It's great. We know what's going on. The river's been dammed. The one thing that threw me as a GM, none of y'all were concerned that giant rocks were flying through the air. Like, just pithy, like, meh, whatever. And I was like, okay, yeah, then. That, that just happens in Rokugan, you know? 
Um, you know, uh, so then, then we get it established of, okay, there is this giant Oni demon thing that was, you know, essentially he saw you all and he was angry and he was throwing rocks at you. But what that immediately established is, okay, I didn't just run into an Oni and I'm going to have a fight with it. This Oni clearly built the dam. I didn't have to tell you that. It was just, it was tossing rocks, giant rocks in the river. D'Amato asked, does it look haphazard? Sure does. Don't need to roll for that. We need to establish that information for you. You know, at that point we go, okay, the Oni is responsible for damming the river. We know now where to go with our investigation, which is what do we do with this Oni? And ultimately what we do is we slay and murder it as we will, we will get to and, and we'll discuss some, some combat tactic strategy. But that's what we've established at this point. The other thing, just because I think it ties in so much to what we've been talking about in this episode, it wasn't established yet, but it's about to get established, is it's talked about that this Oni is wearing tattered armor that has a Crab Clan Mon on it. I told you we needed something heavy-handed on the other side to go, okay, clearly Daigotsujin is evil. Now suddenly we have an Oni that is wearing Crab Clan armor. He's humanoid-looking, so it's clearly like, oh, this was a Crab Samurai that has been turned into an Oni. Still a question, not an answer, but now there's evidence directly implicating the Crab as perhaps responsible for this right. or a former Crab Samurai. So that is the, the heavy-handed that we're going to drop on the other side with the same fight that'll get get talked about on the next episode. And the thing that's interesting about that, obviously we now know how that ends, but even if you had chosen to make the Oni have spider armor, it still wouldn't have been, it still would have been ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Because it could have been like, because we get to, well, did the spider kill the crab and make them an, an Oni, or did the you know crab take the spider and kill them? So either way, you could have still built from that ambiguity. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So any final words before we wrap up this episode, Jim? We kind of said it, and we've talked a little bit about kind of where where the GM's headspace is throughout this whole thing of where the series is going to, or where this uh, this finale is going to be. And again, as I said it throughout the episode, at this point, I'm going... Mirimoto is going to be fighting for the Crab Clan, and Haruma is going to be fighting for Daigotsu Jin in a duel to the death. That's where that's where my mindset is right now. <laughs> and we will see how that goes uh, as we progress. So thank you all for listening. I hope you are finding some valuable information. And for Jim, this is Michael, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, 
we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs>